It's the bad guys with Earl Skankel and Chad Zubak. He turns to me and he says, Why so serious? He comes at me with the knife. Why so serious? He sticks the blade in my mouth. Let's put a smile on that face. And... Why so serious? Ladies and gentlemen, in association with Inappropriate Earl and the Sit Down Zumok podcast, this is volume three of The Bad Guys. I'm Chad Zumok, and with me is always Earl Skankel. Earl, would you like to introduce today's guest? I mean, it might take an hour to do his intro. Uh, I've, uh, I rarely get excited about introing people, but uh, this man has been in over 300 films and TV shows. I mean, he makes M. Emmett Walsh look lazy. Uh, <laughs> he's been in everything from Roger Corman films to uh, Scarface, which I'm sure he's sick of talking about. Never. Vice, Vice Squad, Miami Vice, uh, you name it, he's been in it. Please put your hands together for the one, the only legendary actor, Mr. Pepe Serna. Yeah! Woo! Pepe, it's an honor to have you today. Hey, I'm honored to be with you guys. Well, Earl, I mean, where do, where do you want to start? I mean, look at this guy's body of work. I'm going to let you direct this thing, and I'm just going to jump in. Hey, I'll start you off there with my painting behind me there. It's called yes. Sunset. I would like to buy that. I, we'll yeah. talk after this is over. This is, uh, these, see, these colors on my wall, my all my house is like this. You'll see. Did You You didn't get a chance to see the documentary, did you? I did, and it's called Life is Art. Is it out yeah. yet? Because I, I got a no, personal. No. Okay, no, I, I no, watch no. it. It's fantastic. You're not only a fantastic actor, you're an artist. Your peers love you, and you've been, how long you been painting? Uh, 50 years. I was just thinking, this this ring here, and uh, let me see this ring. I've been 50 years old. I'm uh, three day, uh, four years and three days before you were born. Or is that, wait a minute, four years, four years, uh, four years and three days before you were born is um, my wife's and my uh, 50th wedding anniversary. Christmas Eve. Holy moly. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. My, my birthday is December 27th. So I know it is. I, I checked you out. And oh, as I say, four years and three days before uh, your birthday. It's actually, yeah. I love that you did research on me. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah. 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 That, and that was, that was my first time out of Texas when I was 20. We hitchhiked from, from Austin, Texas. Uh, to Cincinnati, where you're from, right? I'm from and Cleveland, but I-71. Well, Cleveland is what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh. where we we caught the bus from uh, Cleveland 
to New York to, to work at the World's Fair as a barker at the Moroccan Pavilion. But anyway, I was just tying those things in together. And, and to be truthful, I hadn't, I just Googled you right now and got that information. Usually I like to know some stuff about the, the people I'm talking to because uh, I'm from improv and it's, for me, it's more important to, to know about you so that uh, that's, that's what really makes the world go around. I come from, from improv, Del Close. You know who Del Close was? I, do you know the name, Earl? I don't. Del Close was like the, the, the guru from Second City. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, he was my first, uh, first workshop out here when I got out here 52 years ago. You know, anyway. when, I was, when I was watching Vice Squad in 1982, I, had, I would never have guessed that one day you would be Googling me. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not nasty, is it? <laughs> no, it's fantastic. It's just it's funny how life comes around and you get to meet your heroes yeah. and it's just. No, it is, man. And it's, and it's uh, the interesting thing. My thing, I've been teaching improv for, for over 50 years, but my thing is, man, everybody's a star. I hate the idea of stardom because uh, it, it sucks. You know, everybody's yeah. a, uh, a star effort. You know, you're going to, you're in there talking to somebody and somebody that's been working uh, for two days longer than you walks in and the crowd knocks you over to get to them. You know, and it's like, Anyway, it's well, you're, a, you're on the right podcast and you're talking to the two, two right people. We're, uh, <laughs> we're the same way with, when it comes to that type of thing, uh, you know, we're both comedians and Earl lives wow. in Los Angeles. He's a comedy store regular and, oh, wow. uh, he's constantly battling and fighting and he, will you fight for the voice of the voiceless, right, Earl? Well, I like to, uh, think, uh, Pepe that we're all, uh, my mom told me one thing. We all pardon my language, shit out of the same hole. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I believe everyone's the same. And, uh, you know, I remember just to show you how much you mean to me, uh, I once bought a $1,250 laser disc player just so I could watch Vice Squad. Oh, wow, man. So did you ever, did you ever, the only, one of my first movies was uh, with Dalton Trumbo, Johnny Got His Gun. And the only time I appeared on it was on a laser disc. But unless you ever got uh, Johnny Got His Gun, you wouldn't have seen me in Johnny Got His Gun because I was cut out. They cut Dalton Trumbull, the 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 guys who owned it cut cut his movie. Your point, you played Jose and was uncredited. Right. Yeah, I'm uncredited because I didn't appear on screen, I guess. <laughs> but that's a great movie with uh, one of my favorite uh I like to say under the radar actors and Timothy Bottoms. Uh, yeah, Timothy Bottoms and the other guy working was uh, was uh, Arquette, uh, uh, Arquette's father, Louis Arquette, was from the the Second City, and this the committee. Anyway, right, right. The, I mean, also uh, Jason team. Robards, Donald Sutherland. I mean, yeah. it's a uh, fantastic cast. Tell us about your first movie. I mean, what got you into this business? Or 50 years later, you're still working. Hey, man, I started at three years of age uh, in Corpus Christi, Texas. I, my godfather had a boxing ring in the backyard. And after they got through uh, sparring and, and, and uh, I jumped up on the stage and started clowning around. And, and I'm sure what I must have done was like knock myself out on purpose, accidentally on purpose. And everybody laughed. So then I did it again and then nobody laughed. And that's when I found out you don't tell the same joke twice. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
anyway, but, uh, and then when I was six, we moved from our first uh, mixed race neighborhood, you might say to the gringo neighborhood. And the guy next door was a doctor and he invited us. I, I'd go to the Mexican movies with my mother all the time. So I was always trying to perform and just be the, you know, a clown and stuff. So I let my, uh, 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 we go to the movie and then, so we move into that neighborhood and the doctor shot a, a eight millimeter film of his daughter's birthday. He invited us over and about six weeks to two months later, I don't know how long it was back then, but that he showed us uh, uh, in, in the backyard, he showed us the movie of his daughter's birthday. So Pepe, the, the movie actor was born. I was a stage actor at three when I jumped up on the uh, boxing ring. Now at six, I'm a movie actor. And then uh, I performed, I did, I was always, every sport I played, I was just, just, it was an audience for me. Everybody was an audience. So I was doing it always. And then uh, when I was 18, I became a Golden Glove champ and never really tied the things together. And it was really just to be, it was my biggest crowd I ever had was only the fights, you know. Yeah. Uh, but no, anyway, now yeah, I've been doing it forever then my first my very first movie then i'll let you ask another question 1964 it was called jacket of blood and gold i was a bullfighter i was the lead and we shot on weekends in nuevo laredo and in corpus and then uh he, the director got me a job at the world's fair as a barker when i was 20 and then uh the the film finally got destroyed in a hurricane so it never came out but people say, well, didn't that bother you? I said, no, I, I made it. I made the movie. So the fact that it didn't come out, that my philosophy is, hey, just doing it. Doing what we're doing right now, that's that's the peak of it. That's We're doing, we're at the top of the game right here, getting to do what we love to do. Well, I would say you're at the top of the game. Me and Chad are more in the middle of it. <laughs> no, you're right at the top, man, because it doesn't change. The money doesn't matter, you know. And the fame doesn't matter, but recognition, I guess, does matter. Tell that to my lawyer. Yeah. The money doesn't matter. Yeah. Tell that, yeah. Tell that hey, to my dad. Have, if you have a lawyer, then you've got some money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I mean, I, I, there's so many movies and, and, and television shows you've been on. I, I don't even know where to really start asking, but since I am such a fan of the movie Vice Squad, uh, you know, which was 1982, starring uh, Wings Hauser, who I guess is portrayed as the king of the B movie, the B action movies from the mm -hmm. 80s. Uh, do you have any fun stories about that movie? Because it was uh, really, I watched it the other night again. It's just made with such uh, charm and like, it was like the little movie that could. Yeah, yeah, it was... Uh... It, it was a lot of fun. Uh, my partner in it, Joe DiGiroloma, just a few years later, I don't know, he went into the doctor for something and they gave him a blood transfusion and gave him AIDS and he, he passed away. Oh, geez. After that. Yeah, that was that was horrible. Really nice guy. Wait, nice. was that the guy who kept getting his nose broken yeah. in the movie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was my partner, man. He was a, a New York guy that was really top top he was a great guy and and uh at that time uh season hubley was married to kurt russell right yeah so uh it was great when he came on the set with their their like one-year-old 
son, I think it was. Uh, but it was it, it was just fun. That was the first time I experienced the cinematographer would wet down the streets. So you right. would have all that, you know. It was it was interesting to, to see how that worked, you know, with the lights, the uh, Hollywood lights. But it was it was interesting because when I, I got to Hollywood in '69, and I was in the work. I had two workshops, but I was homeless for 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 months. But I hung out with a quadriplegic guy on Sunset and Vine, on Hollywood and Vine, on Hollywood and Vine, and and it just reminded me back then it wasn't anything like it was even even then in eighty in the eighties. You know when with all the hookers and stuff, it was it was uh, it was great times. But but just trying to think of us. Any particular story, just we just always getting to work in, in that environment that it was about the, all the, the vice that was going on on the streets and the cops. And it's I mean, I, I love doing it, you know, that has been my dream my whole life. And I, I, every movie is the same to me, it's, it's great. That's why I say this is this is as good as everything else because being in the moment of it is that's that's rich that's 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 as rich as you can get it's just doing what you love to do i know we're always you know you're younger and you're but i'm still waiting for the phone I'm, i won't be surprised if the phone rings tomorrow you know because yeah. it rang last week when when ashley called to meet up with you guys you know so it was good and i got to do the 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 behind the scenes of of uh, vice squad last year uh, I don't know if you got to see the new the new uh, DVD they made of it. Oh no, I, I didn't know there was a new. I'll yeah, buy it tonight. They oh, it's great, man. I, and I found out things about Gary Swanson was a uh, was a uh, high high board a diver into the little pools and stuff. I mean, high high like circus kind of stuff. And and he was a teacher for quite a while. I, I learned things about him that I didn't really get to know. I didn't get to know him that well on the set because I wasn't riding around with him. I was riding around with Joe. So yeah, but yeah, it's interesting, man. The people you meet, my, my, I mean, Dol my first six months in the business, uh, seven months in the business, I did uh, five feature films, two of them with Hal Wallace, uh, which was Hal Wallace, Casablanca, Gregory Peck, you know, uh, just it's just phenomenal to to jump in and and I was never in awe of anybody because I I got here when I was 24. I was 26. Uh, I guess I started 25 when I first started in in May of 70 working and through. But I had been doing my workshops and stuff. But anyway, I go on. Anyway. Well, let, let me piggyback oh, off. Go on. Let me piggyback off of that, and I don't. I know Earl wants to get back to Vice Squad, but you know we're <laughs> we're stand up comics, and you got to work with some of the legendary comics and Car Wash with Pryor and Carlin, and then you do the Jerk with Steve Martin. I mean, what's it like working with those guys? And did, did you get to meet him and talk to him? I got to meet him and talk to him, but Steve Martin was as serious as a heart attack. You know, he would do he would work and then go to the trailer and then continue to work on on whatever he's working on, you know, but he didn't hang around the set. I never went, I never go to my honey wagon, man. I'm, I like to be on the set and just joke around. And uh, I, like I said, I came from improv where he said, uh, you, we never told jokes, you know, life is funny. Jokes aren't funny. So, so all my, I, I have a one man show 
called El Ruco Chuco Cholo Pachuco. And it's a zoot suitor who gets railroaded into prison in the, in the, in the forties. And then all his imaginary offspring all go to prison. So I do all the characters from, from all the generations. And so I, I'm just going to do a couple of them because there's, they're not like, there's humor in them. And the, one of them is, is a, a young Cholo rapper. He says, hey, yo, 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 check this out. My name is C-O-O-L. Cool. Tura. Cultura in the house, yo. Say yeah. As a teen in jeans while in a dream eating ice cream, I was told that if I learned how to tap into my rap, my life would be celebrated. You know, like, hey, yo, 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 look at me. I'm on TV. I'm in the movies. But that was not to be because I was totally jaded. The whole world I hated was overrated. How could I be elated? My spirit was so deflated. My mind and body was an empty shell. <laughs> this way to hell. My soul, I would have traded not to have been incarcerated. This month was in a rut. The cell door slammed shut. I would rather have been dead. The deafening sound erupted in my head. For the first time in my life, I was locked up in a cage. I turned in a rage and screamed. Give me the hell out of this cage. Give me the hell out of this cage. That's right. I, I, I'm your grandfather levitating in, in the corner on the shoulders of your ancestors, ancestors, ancestors. That's what I am. That, that's your grandparents, grandparents, grandparents. And they've asked me to bring you messages from the past so that you might well better find your way into the future. I am a sage. <laughs> Welcome to my stage. Oh, at your age, you, you might consider learning a little bit about your rage. <laughs> rage is the devil. Let me know he's right there. Anytime you want to show them who's boss, you want to take a look at your rage? Here. Take a look into the Toltec smoking mirror. No, 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 deeper. You have to look much, much deeper. You have to bypass the superficial physical plane and fly directly to the metaphysical rain. Close your eyes, let it wash over you. Ah, see, it's stuck right there between your heart and your ribcage. If and when you're ready to disengage from yourself in pose cage of rage, Go ahead and turn the page. <laughs> hey, turn the page. It's your story. It's your story, Morning Glory. You're the one writing the book. <laughs> anyway, he goes on and on and tells him to read. And the characters that go on and on. But that's, uh, and then a real fast one, the other one, Kapataya Yippi Kapataya Yo. My name is Bubba Joe Jr. Sanchez. And I am a rooting, tooting, straight shooting son of a gun. I am a triple threat icon. I am a text icon. A Mexican, a Mexican. <laughs> it's a Mexican millionaire's millennium. I am rich, and I want to help get you all out of the poorhouse. Rich people, we say I made it happen. Poor people, they say what happens happens. It's meant to be. Lo que quiere Dios, whatever God will. Well, my God told me in no uncertain terms that was good for the goose. Is good for the gander. Amigos, I'm here to inspire you, immigrantes, estudiantes, comedians, y todo ese pedo 
<laughs> oh man, see, throw myself off and then you throw yourself back in. So, hey, in order to be <laughs> the gringo at bingo, you got to learn the lingo. Anyway, they go on and on, all these different characters, but they're fun. I would suggest that, that you create your own uh, one-man shows for yourself. Because how is anybody going to know what you can do when you yourself don't even know what you can do? And you know it's through your comedy that you create these things. And it'd be different than just a comedy sketch. That yeah. You create, you start creating more like a, like a, a little movie, a little... It started with uh, three one and a half minute characters that I did. Did you ever see the PJs? No, I'm not. Animation series? I, I got to do the voice of a guy with a voice box. Sanchez. <laughs> well, uh, Larry Wilmore and Mark Wilmore. Do you know them? Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. yeah. And Mark, Mark told me to give him three characters. We were going to try to sell some to the internet company. It didn't work, but. I got from three characters of one and a half minutes each, went to 30 characters in two and a half hours. Wow. So, I know a yeah. guy at Golden Artist Entertainment that would love to represent you. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Who's that? I did that. That's an inside joke for Earl. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. yeah well, we used to say with this, with this, we were called the Synergy Trust, our improv group. We said, hey, man, we've got to be on it tonight because Wide World Productions is here. Right. <laughs> Hey, you never know who's in the room. <laughs> no, no, man. And it, it and it's not. The, the most important person is always there. So, <laughs> right? In this case, Earl. Oh, you. <laughs> in this case, Earl's the most important person. Yeah. No, hey. no. <laughs> I mean, I'm so psyched to talk to you. Uh, I mean, I want to get into Miami Vice. But before that, I mean, I, I must uh, ask you about your iconic role in Scarface because even though you were killed early in the movie. Spoiler alert. Really, oh, well, yeah, if you haven't seen Scarface by now. Uh, uh, but you, like, you were really the driving point of the whole film. Like your death was why Pacino wanted to avenge your death throughout the whole movie. So uh, I'll, t I'll tell you some good things about that. We'll jump on that before the Miami Vice because, because, um, um, First of all, you'll be very happy to hear that even though I was killed off right away, they paid me for 25 weeks. Half a year I got paid. Good for they you. Hold, they had to hold me all the way till the end. Because in, in those in those days, if you if you rehearsed with the cast, then they had to carry you through. And and uh, and it was a kind of a long story, but but originally. They wanted Eddie almost for one of the main parts. Now, I'm not going to say who out of respect for the actor that did it, right? But, but Eddie wouldn't do it because he thought it was degrading to Latinos. He would have done, Al, he would have done uh, Al Pacino's part. So, so um, they wouldn't see me. And he got me in. But I, I went in for Manny. Okay. Right? So, so they flew us to New York and we had round robin auditions where you got to work with six different actors, like Al Pacino and then six other groups of people, you know, in two days. And so, man, I said, man, I, 
I went back to the hotel because my wife is always with me. I say, if I don't get this part, I'm going to be really surprised. Because uh, that man, it was just, you know, when you're on, you're on and you just as you're up in seventh heaven. And uh, the next day I, I turned the corner to the theater and it was uh, uh, Miriam Colon's theater that played his mother. Uh, and I saw um, Steve talking to um, Alex Rose, Alex, I forget her name, uh, the, the, the casting director. And I, just from the body language, I could tell, I knew that they wanted him, but uh, so he, anyway, I went on, but I knew he was doing it. Then uh, about a month or so later, Eddie, Eddie, though, even though they wanted him, he auditioned everybody for the part. He read with every actor, but he said he, he would do that for him if they let him have 15 minutes with every actor before they went in to see De Palma, which, right has never happened before or after. That's just Eddie and he, we're, we're best friends. And I'll tell you that, that story about American me later. But, but anyway, uh, so that's how I got uh, Scarface. My friend actually got it. It was in, a, uh, in American me, but he was making a movie. Um, I forgot, Emerald, something with Ryan O'Neill in Mexico and he got hung up there. And so Eddie called me and says, hey, can you get down here, man, to audition? I said, for what? They said, for that. And I, I said, oh, man, they, he has three lines. You know, but see, that's been my thing. I didn't care about lines. I didn't care about billing, any of that. I just like to work. So I said, yeah, I'll be there. So I, was, I lived in Eagle Rock at the time. And I just flew down the freeway to Universal, where I had been under contract in 74 and 75. And uh, so... I auditioned and, and uh, got the part, you know. That was and such then, an iconic, like, mur mur that scene where you die yeah. is so yeah. memorable. Oh, man, everybody. It, and, and and when they first showed it in Boston, they showed the arm swinging. And they made them cut that out so that it wouldn't have an X rating. So they cut my X rated arm swinging so they could have an R rating. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I still have, I should have, I, I should have uh, brought the arm in for you. I have it in my You garage. kept the arm? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I have a great idea and I, I think it would, I, and I did it, but I didn't get offered enough money, but I was going to sell them an uh, uh, unlimited un, uh, edition of my arm in an acrylic box for all the rappers that could have up on the mantle, you know, <laughs> but I was asking 750 and the most I was offered was 550. But it took me that much to make it, so I didn't sell that one. I have the original one plus that one. Wow. Still, still I'll a, take it. I'll take still, it. <laughs> it still uh, can be done. <laughs> you know, it's funny. My, my second feature week ever was with uh, another comedian. I don't know if you worked with him in the movie or even know who he is. Is Angel Salazar, who played Chi-Chi. Oh, God, Chi-Chi, man. He says you got to peel him off the walls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was my second week uh, in a comedy club working with him, and he likes to tell people he was in Scarface. He's a big fan of oh, that movie. And it, it, you know, it works <laughs> so good, man. I I had apartments in in L.A. and I had them out here in Palm Springs. I I sold everything, but I would go into Home Depot. I say, "Hey, Ed, did you see Scarface?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, can you get me a nut for this bolt?" <laughs> 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 that was not cutting in line to, to for a restaurant, but 
getting material for the apartments is always good. Pepe, are you in Palm Springs? I'm in Rancho Mirage. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm in uh, Tampa, Florida right now. So I was just, oh. I just performed out in Palm Springs. That's why I asked. Oh, wow. I wish yeah. I would have done that. Yeah, that would have yeah. been cool. Next time. We're friends yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it's, uh, I love Florida. I have a jungle in my backyard, too. <laughs> I love my plants and my art, everything, man. Look Good. at you. Look at you. Earl, you go ahead, buddy. Well, like, uh, when you were filming Scarface, did you guys have any idea how iconic, even though I know it was a, a remake of the Richard Widmark Scarface, like uh, not Richard Widmark, uh, Paul Muni. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did you have any idea? I mean, when you're filming such an iconic movie like Scarface, like, do you know it's going to be that big, or or do you just hope no, it is? You never. No, you don't even hope. But you're working with Al Pacino, so it's like, you know, that's. You have a good feeling it's gonna. Some people are gonna watch it. Well, uh, just I, I'm, I don't even go that far. Then with that. Just working with him, you know, knowing that you're working with, you know, I, I said, uh, what I said, I was asking him when we were, when, because when we were together, his, uh, I forget his buddy's name that OD not long after, he wanted him, Al wanted him to play uh, Stephen's part, Manny. Right. He was an Irish kid, you know, that I, I forget his name. Um, God, I'm trying to think of it. But anyway, we had a party at his house. For us, for the for the for the group, you know, so that Al could get to know us and, and stuff. And I said, uh, "Do you do you, do you go to parties and stuff, man?" And he, oh no, man, I can't go no place, man, because I'm always in dyslexia and people think I'm crazy. <laughs> so, so he's in he's in he's in character from the minute he drops in till once where the movie starts. But when we were auditioning. It was a trip, man, because he would be, he would be like reading the script, like, like it was the first time he'd read it, reading the lines, you know, like he wasn't me. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm full, I'm ready to go, full blast in character, but he, he, he didn't do that. Not in the rehearsals, not in the auditions, I should say. The rehearsals is a different thing, but no, it was. It's been amazing, though, that that it's been that it's had the run that it's had, and that I think it will continue to be. I guess I, I don't know any other movie that has had this. The, the what do you what do you call it? What do you call it? The onus has had impact. I mean, impact, it's, yeah. like you said, every I mean, rapper references it. I mean, to this day. Well, they're the ones who you know they're the ones who brought it up, the rappers. Yeah. Oh yeah, it wasn't anything. I mean, it wasn't anything until they got a hold of it and they made it what it is. And and everybody knows it. Did you know that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to watch those MTV Cribs shows and every time they went to a rapper's house, there was always a poster of Scarface oh, every man. single time. Oh yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> amazing. But all of the rappers reference your scene as like, you know, being what really got them into the movie was how Pacino went back for his best friend and and because Stephen Bauer was flirting with the girls outside that you got killed because he yeah. was born. And, and that chick in the room was an actual junkie from the strip that they she looked up. it. Yeah, yeah, man. She was fabulous. 
And Al Israel, Al Israel, the, the guy who cut my arm off, he was a great pianist. He passed away. We both had cancer at the same time, uh, like 11 years ago. But I, I was lucky enough to make it. He didn't. Yeah, it's funny. I, I used to do a stand-up at a, a, it's like a sandwich shop in Westwood uh, on Monday nights, and he would always be there watching us. And uh, I, I was so starstruck. I'm like, you're the guy who killed Tony Montana's friend, and he loved it. Like, he was very nice. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was a great, great pianist, jazz pianist, too. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, we got to we got to get to this, Earl, because there's not a single episode that we do together where Miami Vice does not come up. It's it's a part of us. Earl's a big fan. I have a hot sauce inspired by Miami Vice. You can go to SilkCityHotSauce.com and pick it up. Earl, you take it away from here, buddy. This is your wheelhouse. Well, I watched the episode last night just because I wanted to do my homework again. It had been a hot minute uh, and not knowing uh, your boxing background, you know, a lot of people say that was the last good episode of Miami Vice because yeah, my two partner man, that was that was iconic. Well, uh, it really was because uh, John Deal, who uh, played Detective Larry Zito on the show, he wanted to leave Miami Vice to do movies and, and theater, and so they made his. Last episode, uh, down for the count, uh, all about boxing because he he was very much into boxing, and uh, it's such a great cast because uh, my favorite boxer of all time, Mr. Serna, is Tex Cobb. So <laughs> you killed him. Thank you very much. Uh, do you have any? Was that a fun episode for you to work on, given your boxing background? Well, well, I'll take you back a little further than than the episode because please do. I, I I auditioned actors for Don Johnson's part for for ten days, me playing the uh, Michael Philip Thomas part. So it was I was up for that part. I went up to the network for it. They always wanted Philip Michael Thomas for it, but you know when you're in the middle of it, it, it was mine as far as I was concerned. And my agent. Wow, I never do that. No, n- nobody would or would care. But, 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 we do. <laughs> yeah, but, but I do. My agents didn't want me doing it. They said, no, you don't, you don't want to give them everything. I said, no, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to be really prepared when we go in because I'll, I'll know all the scenes and I'll be so deep into the character already, you know. Uh, so, uh, but, but, uh, Eddie almost is, is my, my best friend. And I kind of, with um, Michael Mann talking to Michael Mann and that he wanted, and I said, well, I can get, I can get Eddie almost to, to read it. He didn't think he could get him to, to read for the part. Of course, the agent was already working on it and stuff, but, but it's like, uh, it was, it was uh, incredible, but, but I was doing, I was doing uh, TJ Hooker. Yes. With, uh, with, with uh, William uh, Shatner. William Shatner, Heather Locklear. Well, Shatner was directing the, the episode. That, and I had to leave by midnight because I had to get on the plane and, and fly all night to get on the set in the morning. And and um, so, and that was an interesting, my audition for Shatner was, 
that I was doing, and I just had this little thing where I was with my fingernail, you know, just clicking it like this during the inner, during while I'm doing the scene. It was just a little tick that I, oh, he loved that. I mean, it's so weird how how one little thing can lock somebody in into something. But so I I I left, and then I got on the set first thing, and so they gave me a cigar. And so I had it in my mouth and I'm, you know, I just have it in my mouth. I'm not going to smoke. I said, I don't smoke. So I, I'm not going to, so I just had it, you know, but it made me sick as hell, man. I was, I was ready to puke after every scene because that, all the tobacco and stuff that I was, that I was, you know, digesting. It was like, oh my God. And so I was, and Don Johnson said, oh man, you should never drink all night on on those planes. You know, he thought that I was that he, that I was just totally hungover because it was all the hangover symptoms. But but <laughs> but and the other thing was that I, if you remember, I had two sets of twins on my on my sides, and so like I said, when I'm on the set, I never go to my dressing room. So these these twins, the sets of twins, I said you can change in my dressing room, you know, and then. My wife came on the set with uh, with Eddie's wife, Kaya, at the time, and and I said, "Oh no, I'm glad they didn't go to my dressing room and see these two <laughs> these twins getting undressed," you know. <laughs> but but that was great fun. Mark Breland was, you know, do you remember? Was the he was oh, a fighter then, you know, and then like you said, Tex Cobb, and then Don King, bigger than life, you know. Yeah, it, it was. It was fun. I got to do three, those two episodes and another one uh, before with on Miami Vice. They, I love Miami. We loved it. And like I said, Eddie's my, he's like a brother. We're like brothers. So we're like, we've traveled the world and worked in Europe. And he's actually in your documentary, Life is Art. Whenever that comes out, Edward James almost is in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a big part of it. Yeah. All right. And my memoir. I'm, I'm working on my, the, my memoir too so it's it's uh it's good man life is uh life is good but the best thing is that you know it's kept my my butt straight is been with my wife going on 52 years we've only been apart 20 days dang and all that time you know why why i'm scared of her <laughs> <laughs> i need a diana Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. She's incredible that she's always wants to be with me. And uh, we look, we have a great time. We're together 24 seven. You know, I've been working a lot on that. And my one man show I've turned in. I've done it a lot of times, but I do a lot of motivational workshops and stuff. And, and it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm when I get this uh, it out, it's going to go we want to get it to uh, the institutions of higher learning, colleges, even high schools, get my my memoir and the the documentary in there so they can see what it takes. You know, it's just uh, for me the lifelong dream and never never giving up, and that's why I keep doing working now as much as when I first started. I started off with a blast, and I, I thought it would go on forever. But then in the '90s, I did two series with Jennifer Lopez. Second chances in Hotel Malibu, and it kind of died died for me. Latinos don't get as much, you know, play as as uh, anybody else in the business. And you might say, "Yeah, well, I see a lot of them," but not. And then uh, and then 
senior citizens forget about it, but but I keep telling them I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you find at did you get typecast at one point for oh, being I, either every point, a, every point, man, a bad guy or yeah. a, a a sheriff? Always Mexicans. I'm killing or being killed. Mm-hmm. You know when we did when we did a. a when we did Silverado, I mean Silverado, when we did a, a shootout with Gregory Peck, uh, I had done with Hal Wallace, I had done Red Sky at Morning. And then they jumped to the Western with Gregory Peck right afterwards. And they gave me the part. The character's name was Andy Luke. But since they gave me the part, they made me half Mexican, half Indian with, with buckskin and stuff. But they didn't change any of the dialogue. The, the character's name was Andy Luke. So I played it. I was straight out of Texas, man. I played it just like Andy Luke. Golly, Bobby Joe, why'd you do that? Kind of like a, and I had done uh, No Time for Sergeants, the uh, Andy Griffiths and uh, in, in my high school, you know, representing the school and dramatic interpretations and comedy and duet acting. So I, I just did that character kind of like Andy Griffith, golly. <laughs> You know, and it was, uh, it was great. It was just so much fun. Earl, just to give you an idea, if you think he gets typecasted, he plays characters named Fernandez, uh, Hernandez, <laughs> Lopez, Sanchez, Juan, Cortez. <laughs> Juan, and which one? And <laughs> yeah, but you were, uh, you were Mr. Mondragon and uh, Red Dawn. Come on. Yeah, man, that was that it was John Milius, man. What, what, what part was that Red Dawn? I just referenced that. What what scene were you in Red Dawn? I don't remember. I was I was um, the father of the, of the Latino kid, and I go and my uh, I was I sang the oh man, and I did it. I was so pissed off that my son had gotten was had been killed, and I'm singing the Star Spangled Banner in, in the oh, high. Yeah, that's high, you highest voice you can and and my friends had to loop it and they said nobody could could loop it because my voice is so high and i was just screaming oh beautiful it was just is that when they shot you yeah yeah oh yes i remember wow that's so weird i know that was you you tell you the truth i don't even remember that they shot me but it (laughs) sounded familiar when you said it (laughs) well that's such an a uh that's such an amazing movie, uh, you know, the cast and John Milius is one of my favorite, uh, like, yeah. I w- wish he was more known to like the, the film going public. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he- Did you uh, have to audition for him? Yeah, 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 that was great. And then, and then later, uh, I even, I, I auditioned, uh, man, I auditioned for some great things. Uh, I auditioned for, for uh, oh, looking for Mr. Goodbar that Richard Gere got, you know, oh, wow. a New Yorker, but I was, I got in for that. So that, that meant, and to me, see, that's the kind of thing is that, man, just the opportunity to, to get, to do something like that and, and jump in like that. And there was another one. Oh, did you see the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai? I know the Come movie. Fred Ward. Come on, Fred Ward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Is that, that was for me. And that was the character. You know, my character wrote the movie and and uh, I came in and they had offered it to a friend of mine, but he wanted to play Buckaroo Banzai. So then they brought me in and they said they wanted people who could play instruments, you know, and I said, well, I 
I pretended like I could play the saxophone when I was in the eighth and ninth grade, you know, but I said, I can uh, 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 pretend to play a Chinatown, you know, and, and it was the director, William uh, Richter, and oh God, the music guy was famous. I forget his, I forget his name, but so anyway, I started I was gone and they were cracking up. He said, you got it. <laughs> now, now go take some lessons. <laughs> so it was just having that freedom. And Day of the Locust, did you see Day of the Locust? My only nude scene with John Schlesinger. In oh, I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> oh, man, about Hollywood in the in the in the in the 30s, uh, Donald Sutherland, Burgess Meredith, Billy Barty, Karen Black. Oh wow, uh, William Atherton. Uh, um, yeah, no, that was uh, Bo Hopkins, uh, and it was my only nude scene that I had with Karen Black. Uh, Whoa, I mean, I'll watch it for Karen Black, but I'll stay for your scene. <laughs> and, and and they had a. a a fold out, a fold out of me naked on top of Karen Black on Interview Magazine, Warhol's Interview Magazine. There was actually a fold out, and, and our gay friends came over to our house. And Diane, look what Pippa's doing. <laughs> they opened up the magazine with me on top of Karen Black. I hope it wasn't cold in the room. Oh well, it, it didn't make any difference because uh, I brought along my pet boa. Good for you. <laughs> no, with all well, these. Well, I guess it's time. Go ahead, girl. Well, no, I mean, uh, I I want to really get to American Me. I, it's probably your more most controversial film, uh, yeah. given the subject matter, and and uh, you know, it's almost achieved like a, a mythical. Uh, state of mind for the movie going audience with certain people passing away who worked on the film and, and rumors of such. Uh, what was making that movie like given the subject matter? Well, I'll go back uh, to 1977. I was doing um, an, uh, a pilot, an offshoot of Medical Center. And uh, with uh, Philip Michael Thomas, Scott Highlands, myself, and Eddie almost came on the set as a glorified extra. And he was just gonna take a hit. We were like uh, the ambulance M MT guys to come, but he takes a hit and goes into a wall and we're talking. And he starts telling me that he's Eddie James in the Pacific Ocean, that Gazaris, he had his rock and roll group at Gazaris. And, and he says, and I have a script that I just got from a director and I want you to be the guy who kills me. Now, mind you, Eddie was an extra on Aloha, Bobby and Rose with Floyd Mutrix that wrote uh, American Me and Blood In, Blood Out. And how Eddie got the script for American Me because before Eddie, and Eddie was, like I said, he was just a glorified extra at this point Al Pacino had it at one time, but it, it was too heavy that he got he shied away from it for, for obvious reasons. And, uh, but, but for Eddie on the first day that we meet and he tells me, you'll be the guy who kills me and 
14 years later, I was the guy who killed him in American Me. And we, you know, were best friends from then on. And we were always working together and always talking about it and, and being part of it. So it was, uh, it, it was great. You're either killing someone or being killed. That's it, man. That's, <laughs> why, that's why I'm on this particular program, right? All the, the gangsters in, in, uh, in Hollywood, when I'm the nicest guy in Hollywood and here they had me killing people. Well, that was one of the things when Earl and I were talking about doing the podcast together is all these guys we talk to who portray bad guys like Vernon Wells, the, the guys we have on the podcast, they're the nicest people. They're the nicest ones. Yeah. Yeah. And, and em, uh, Emmett Walsh that you uh, alluded to when, when I first came on, I was auditioning for something at 20th Century Fox one day. And uh, he comes in and he's walking around and he's walking into offices and stuff. And uh, the secretaries are like looking at him. We're, we're like sitting, you know how it is, you, you sit out. Uh, in that case, we were sitting against the wall and you could see into the different offices. And then the secretary comes in and says, uh, could we help you, sir? And he said, no, I'm just thinking about buying the place. <laughs> it, just, it was just, it was just great. To, <laughs> he was so comfortable, and but he was man, what a great, what a great character actor he is, huh? Yeah, oh, I mean, was. I really put you two in that. It's like you and him are like maybe the most uh, prolific actors in the history of Hollywood. I mean, you yeah. you've been in three hundred plus films. Yeah, yeah, it's just. Man, a uh, hundred movies and, and 300 TV shows. So not to, uh, but it's all the same. Hey, who's counting? Who's counting? Who's keeping track? Who, 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 you know, uh, TV show and movies. It's all the same thing anymore. Isn't it? And, and, uh, you know, well, with, with that being said, all that stuff you've done and you, I mean, you've gone through decades and cinematic, all, everything you've possibly can do. You've done it. Is there any of those oh shit moments, excuse my language, like where you're like, I can't believe I'm a part of this at this moment? I don't, I don't think so, man, because I, like I said, I've been doing it my whole life and I've had that confidence. I, I was a uh, athlete, you know, an athlete at the park back then. I was a terrible student and I've become a much better student now that I had to do my motivational stuff and I had to start reading about the, the the different things to turn people on but even when you're in a scene with clint eastwood you're just like eh, it's whatever no and i came i came to hollywood man i came uh i was i had done the production of hair in mexico but i had all the i was i wanted to be the mexican clint eastwood so i had my mexican sombrero yeah i had i had all these leather leather neck leather arm bands, leather wristbands, and, and I used to carry a cane, like one of those uh, canes that, that are made from a root, you yeah. know, that had like that, the, the two points sticking out. And, and then 20 years later, I'm, I'm starring with him, being directed by him was, was great, but never, never like... Uh, by the way, did you share the story with him? Uh, no. I don't think I did. I don't yeah. think I did. Uh, but, but it would have been, uh, but my first night in Hollywood, I, my first day, I, I thought I was coming to do the production of hair, but I couldn't sing, but 
you know, they had told me I was going to do it. So I, I took the bus from, from the airport to the Roosevelt Hotel. Mm-hmm. And I had my Marine Corps duffel bag. And I take a cab to the Aquarius Theater. And uh, I go up to the offices. I say, I'm here. And they said, yeah, they said, yeah, Pepe Serna, I'm coming and do the, the, the play. They sent me from Mexico. And they said, oh, no, that's not how we do it here. There's auditions on Wednesdays. You can come to the audition on Wednesday and, and you can come see the, the, the show tonight. I said, oh, okay. I said, can I leave my duffel bag here? So I went down to the Arby's down from, you know where the Aquarius Theater was? Down Absolutely. that Arby's down the street was my first, was my first meal in LA. But I came and I had, I came and, and I got my outfit, man, my Mexican sombrero, my brown sarape, my boots, and, and you know, my Mexican, and an eye patch, a leather eye patch. And so I, I go to the back wall and I'm expecting to get discovered. You know, I just, I look too good, man. I came all this <laughs> way. It was a mindset. And so, uh, and I, I thought the Smothers Brothers were gonna, were gonna, what did I know, you know? They weren't producers, they had their show, but they weren't. Anyway, but you know, it's funny how youth does that to you. And the beauty of it is if you keep that youth, you can you can wake up tomorrow and think that the phone is gonna ring, you know, and be happy all day because you know that phone is gonna ring. And that's that's my my mantra, man. Just stay in the game and, and do it. But for you guys, especially that are doing what you're doing start creating some characters. Like I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to do something with each one of you. Okay. To give you an, like, give me a, give me a line from, from just any line from, from one of your, from one of your jokes or it doesn't have to be a joke. Just any line you want to come up with. You go first, Earl. Well, I have a joke, Mr. Serena, where I say, uh, because OJ Simpson was my neighbor actually has a child. Um, I say, do you think OJ ever watched Dexter and thought that's how I should have done it? Okay. Now, now, okay. Now say it again. I say, you know, because Dexter, the TV show, uh, I say, do you think OJ ever watched Dexter and thought that's how I should have done it? Okay. Now, because he killed two people. No, no, and it's not about the joke. What I'm doing with you is not about the joke. It's about the, line. it's about the line. Uh, say the same thing, but say it whatever whatever the color black does to you. Well, uh, I mean, uh, the, the color black uh, depresses me. Uh, so no, no, don't just do it. Just that. Uh, um, I. I <laughs> Um, I, I don't know if I understand the direction. Like, okay. Okay. Say it. Okay. What's the What's the first? I say. Do you think OJ ever watches Dexter and thinks that's how I should have done it? <laughs> Great. You're doing bits. Right. Well, he asked me to. <laughs> or I have. Here's one. Can I change Wait, the joke? I think he froze up. The joke killed him. Oh, Pepe, are you there? <laughs> oh, Pepe. I think I killed him. <laughs> well, this would be a great cliffhanger for a part two. Should we, uh, do you, you want to, uh, just, 
do a part two? <laughs> oh, folks. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. This is part one. It wasn't supposed to be like this. Wait, hold on. He logged out. Dude, I would do a part two with him. Any? <laughs> oh, he's hilarious. Minute. Hilarious. Um, should we wait to see if he comes back in? Dude, I say we do a part two. This is a great cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, listen, guys, that was part one <laughs> of the bad guys, volume three. And we're going to uh, we're going to try to get Pepe back on for a part two here. Uh, Earl, anything you want to plug? Yeah, my joke was so bad. <laughs> I bombed in front of Pepe Serna and, and literally it took him off the air. Do you think he just left because he's like, These, this guy, that joke is terrible? He's like, this guy fucking sucks. Uh, I should have done my Miami Vice joke where if you listen to the last episode, you can hear Phil and Michael Thomas fall off the face of the earth. Uh, great. Now I'm doing bits. Now I'm bombing in front of Chad. Watch Chad's screen freeze up. Uh, nothing to plug. Just the jellies on Adult Swim. Sit down, Zumok. Uh, subscribe to that. And uh, this has been another... We've been really lucky. So thank you to Ashley for getting all these guests for us. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, thank you for Pepe Serna. I mean, he literally is a, an acting legend. He, I, I hate saying character actor because I find that insulting, but he is, along with M. Emmett Walsh, the, the most predominant character actor ever. So thank, thank you to him, and we'll see him during part two. Hopefully. Hopefully the, he just – wait. here. Should, should we uh, just let him back in? Cause he's here. Well, I mean, uh, sure. Why not? I mean, uh, <laughs> what the fuck? there's no rules to this. <laughs> we might just put part two with part one. <laughs> yeah. Part two is happening, happening amazingly fast. <laughs> I say we do a part two, man. Okay. So we could log out. Then I'll just log. We'll just, we'll come back. We'll do another one. So let me log out and we'll, uh, we'll make it happen. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he'll do it again, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to log back in. Okay, guys, leave a five-star review on Earl's podcast and mine. Thank you so much. You're going to want to sign up to the Patreon to see this video because it's hilarious. So go to patreon.com backslash sit down, Zumok. We'll be back for part two. Okay, guys, uh, let me pull back the curtain here. A little behind the scenes. So Pepe was having some problems with the Zoom, and he cut out. And we were going to do a part two some other time, but... He was texting, texting Ashley saying he's trying to log on. He wanted to come back on and close it out. We're like, yeah, let's let's just do part two and get him back on. Earl's done. He's like, yeah, we'll do it some other time. But he wanted to do part two, so we're like, let's do part two. Now, there's a thing called overstaying your welcome. And again, thank you. I mean, he's a legend in the business, but we should have <laughs> – we more or less should have uh, – Wrapped it up. Just wrapped it up real quick. Um, nice enough, great guy. But towards the end there, it gets a little weird. And you're going to notice that I'm laughing a lot. And the reason why I'm laughing is because Earl is sending me text messages. And you'll hear it about <laughs> Pepe. To, basically, he's like, get this guy the light. Let's wrap this thing up already. We can't wrap up the podcast. And you'll hear that in part two here. You know, it's it starts off really strong. We start talking about career stuff, and it just gets kind of weird. It gets really weird. Meanwhile, Earl's text messaging me 
towards the end because we can't close out the show. So I wanted to explain why I'm laughing so much towards the end. <laughs> it just got strange. It got weird. We should have kept it at a tight hour and just been done with it. But that's the beauty of podcasting. and You, you, you just don't know what's going to happen. And I, I just wanted to fill you guys in on why I'm laughing. And uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. But that's a little behind the scenes. So here's part two. All right, ladies yes. and gentlemen, the much-awaited part two is back. Pepe is back with us for the Bad Guys Volume 2 in association with Inappropriate Earl. Sit down, Zumach Podcast. Earl Skakel, you want to do another intro? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, like I said in my first intro, uh, this man's probably done eight films in between uh, parts one and two. Uh, yeah. He's, he's literally the... Wayne Gretzky of actors in terms of output. Uh, he's been in Roger Corman films. He's been in Scarface, uh, Miami Vice, The Last Good Episode, uh, Down for the Count, Parts 1 and 2, Season 3. Thank you very much. John Deal, how dare you leave that show in its peak. Uh, <laughs> American Me, uh, Hotel Malibu. I mean, come on. Uh, please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back the legendary and i don't use that term often and i sincerely mean it vice squad 1982 by the way uh mr pepe serena great to see you guys again <laughs> thanks uh, for putting yeah. up with us and i'm sorry about the technical difficulties hey no man that's that that separates uh, uh those that can fix it and those that can't and if you can't then we'll try again tomorrow <laughs> there it is there it is now we were doing a little game where you told earl to yeah. say so 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 the the line is: Do you think that OJ if OJ Simpson had had seen Dexter, that he would have thought I did it wrong? Yes, exactly. That's the basically the joke. Okay, so let me. I, I'll do. I'll give you my interpretation of what I wanted you to do. I had to be. It's like I told you to use the color black. Yes. So see then, and it's all. Sub, uh, subjective because it depends on the person but so here here it goes uh, do you think if okay <laughs> had seen Dexter that he would have done it differently or, or then if you do it on a tightrope do you think it is OJ Simpson and St. Dexter. He would have done it differently. Uh, then if you want to do it as as the sunrise. Do you think if OJ Simpson had seen Dexter, that he thought to himself, I should have done it differently. So anyway, it did. And then my favorite one that I like to use with, with an old pair of cowboy boots that are all like, you know, the leather, you know, like cracking them. Yeah, do, uh, do you think that if uh, old James Simpson had uh, watched Dexter, uh, he might have done it differently? Anyway, it's, it's just playing with it inanimate objects and colors and stuff because we get hung up 
with more with comedy is totally different with dialogue and movies we get hung up on on rote the how we memorize it sometimes and when you can use things to throw you off and use use all these things to put in the middle someplace that has nothing to do with anything and and i'm sure it would work the same with comedy too but i know that it's that comedy is an art that's different well let me just uh say this uh you know i've been doing comedy for 20 years i've I've been on earth 52 years and uh, I might quit because the day has come where Pepe Serna is reciting one of my jokes back to me. <laughs> it ain't going to get any better than that for me. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, it is, man. The night is young, man. It's like, uh, I'm telling you, once you start creating your own characters, yeah, it, mainly when it's the best, it's somebody from your family or friends or something. Three characters that interact one and a half minutes each. And the way it first happened for me was, I was auditioning for like a, it was kind of like a Saturday Night Live, but it was not 25 years, 25 years ago or something. And, and they wanted me to go to French's and get a uh, some dialogue that was comedy, but I never was a good student. So I, I didn't know where to even start. So I wrote my own. And, and uh, so I created one guy was like this, uh, uh, like this big 450 pound uh, sheriff at, at the sheriff station in Texas. And then the, the, he was just like, all over, all over the place, you know, just like, well. And then there was a, the Italian designer that had his Lamborghini. And, the, and, and then there was uh, the Cholo, who was uh, actually a, a at NASA, he was one of the computer programmers, but he was a totaled out cholo and they thought he was something else. But anyway, I had these characters interacting and then the, the Indian, East Indian convenience store owner that they threw in jail. So they were all in different cells and then the big sheriff was interacting with them. And now it's politically incorrect to do the- The, uh, the Indian. Uh, yeah, Indian jokes, but I grew up with, with uh, Dana Andrews, and, and you, you guys probably never saw it, but you should Google it. He says, my name, Jose Jimenez, the astronaut. He, he was playing a Latino astronaut. Did you ever see anything? I've never uh, saw it. I've no, seen you, clips. Yeah. Yeah, it, very funny. Yeah, and then, and then later it ended up being that he, when I did Car Wash, then they did the series of Car Wash, but they didn't want anybody from the movie. So they didn't know that I was in the movie. That's how stupid they are. You know, they, I didn't tell them either <laughs> on that. But, but he was the producer of, of, of the, he was going to be the producer. It didn't get past the pilot. But, but anyway, it was, uh, it's great fun, man. But for me, uh, my favorite thing to do is encourage uh, you guys, you know, and, and always, I know all of us, we always want to play twins, right? You want to play the opposite of yourself, you know, to show what you can do. Uh, but but using using the colors, the, the workshops that I've done for over 50 years are the most fun because I can get people to do stuff that they would never even think of doing, you know. Uh, and it, it didn't, they don't even have to be actors. It's just for any profession. Uh, my my uh, uh, mantra is connect, communicate and collaborate 
And that's what we do. That's what we all do for each other. Pepe, are, are you on Instagram? Because you could do those characters on Instagram. Well, I, I, I'm doing it. I, I, I shot a movie. I shot the document. I mean, I've shot the one man show different times, but I wouldn't do it as a movie and have people insert uh, art that would have to do because I go back to uh, to I, I say 40,000 years to the first uh, uh, Chicano born after the Ice Age, you know, but the Ice Age was a, like maybe what was it 12,000 years ago? I don't know. I wasn't here. So <laughs> I, if I was, I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> but but no, but no, I know what you're saying, though, the Instagram, but I'm not I I have I, I was on Instagram for for a second, but I never not really. But I got my artwork. I need to do, you know, you just got to sell. It's all about making enough money to travel, man. That's that's the best travel, traveling. Uh, and how do people find your artwork to buy? Well, you know, that's not, I, I, I screwed up and I let somebody take over. The, we're we're going to fix my website and stuff. And that she totally screwed it up. I lost my domain name and everything. But I don't blame her. It was me. You know, when you screw up, you screw up. It's not anybody else's fault, you know, and that that's when you do the best for yourself is when you take all the blame yourself and, uh, and let it go. Let it, let uh, whatever anybody else did go because anyway, man, oh, I'm you're a better man than me. Cause I blame everyone, but me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I, I saw a thing I've been watching listening to Howard Stern a lot lately. Do you, do you listen to him? Oh, oh yeah. Right. Yeah, man. Uh, just with, with uh, uh, oh, God. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank right now. The, the comedian, that, that the richest comedian that did his show. Uh, Seinfeld? Yeah, Seinfeld. Jeff Ross? That, 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 that he, that he, uh, that he did the, uh, uh, this inside joke that you guys have there from uh, one of his shows, huh? Yes. Yeah, but but that he said that he was going to tell the the joke about um, a slave ship, and he, he and he couldn't figure out whether to make it a Greek slave ship or uh, or maybe a Spanish one, you know. So to take it away from from the the African, but the 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 joke that he picked, he asked his daughter the question. Did you see that? Did you see that one on Howard Stern with him? Or I watched. I, the, I I don't remember that one in particular, but I've seen and I heard Seinfeld but, on with Stern or before. Yeah. But, but what he was saying was that he picked the Greek sh uh, slave ship, and not the Spanish because it had one letter, it was one letter shorter. So he likes to make everything real concise. His joke, uh, like, he tightened it up to, anyway. Right. I just found it because how, how comedy, how, what a science it is, God, you know. Yeah, like, it's, I mean, there's a whole, it's, that's a completely different art form, you know, comedy, depending on what form, like you do improv, we do stand up and, you know, there's a little bit of everything and all that. Uh, like you said, you don't repeat the same jokes. That's all we do. <laughs> right. No, no. And, and that's what I do with my one man show. Yes. It is, uh, uh, I mean, I've got, most of it is in verse. So the kids hear it 
like a rap, you know. So uh, and most of my, most of my stuff has been, you know. There's a lot of humor in the way I I present myself. I don't take myself too seriously that way, you know. Are you familiar with a comedian named Kevin Brennan? I think the silence says no. <laughs> no, but no, but no. Okay, uh, he's a he's a comic friend of ours, and he's uh he's a pretty he's been in the game for a long, long time. I was just trying to test Kevin's reach. I didn't know if it got to Pepe. Hey, don't don't go to me with that, man, because there was there was you know recently there was a movie. Anyway, uh, that's a whole other story of a guy they coming to me and wanting me to do it. And then because of my body of work and yada, 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 just recently. And they were negotiating with my agent. It was just a 10 minute short, right? And with this singer and these guys are, are uh, uh, they're photographers and, and two brothers, cinematographer and the other guy. And they they do a lot of uh, music videos. Uh, and then at, and then they said, uh, oh, they, they got a note from, the, from the casting director that that they decided to go a different way. And I never talked to them. I never, there was nothing. They came to me <laughs> uh, saying, oh, they were so impressed with my body of work. And then, and the funny thing was, as I asked uh, uh, Ashley, how you guys picked me, you know, and there was the bad guy series and they said, well, your body of work. And I said, oh no, that's the second time in, in a month that I heard that. And then, and then today I was, I was realizing I had made a, I had given myself my alarm for 3.30 to know that I had something to do it for, right? And I hadn't reached out to you guys to get the the, the, the Zoom link. And I said, oh no, the, that body of work, I don't, I think I'm gonna have to take that out of the. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think we, we were like uh, a red flag when we asked the body of work? Or were, were you like, yeah. oh no. no? It was just funny that that was the second time I had heard it. Uh, <laughs> in the last month you know uh but uh but i know is that that i know it's it's an amazing thing because i've been people don't they eddie almost wrote the title for my book there's not going to be the title for my memoir but he wrote he, what he said that the title should be the greatest character actor in the history of hollywood you never heard of <laughs> But that's a Nettie almost thing. But but we've had a great time, man. And and he's a lot funnier than you would think, Eddie. Edward yeah. James oh. Olmo. I mean, go ahead. That's Earl. That's all you right there. Well, I you know, uh obviously I'm a huge fan of his for Miami Vice, which uh, you know, he he got that role because Gregory Sierra didn't want to live in Miami. <laughs> so uh Yeah, I hope he had given up he had given up uh uh drugs and it was just too tempting i had red sky at morning one of my first movies uh i worked with gregory sierra where he played where he played a, a cop the sheriff in santa fe in the 1940s and did you know who Rennie santoni was oh my god he was in the first dirty harry movie and the great stallone movie cobra well oh. well this one i i have a movie that's out right now called going rogue that I, it was supposed to be my first starring part. Sounds like my career. Go ahead. And, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, and well, it might be because <laughs> now it's 15 years 
after we did it, that it finally is out on Amazon now, or <laughs> that you can watch it. But but John Farley is in it. You know John Farley? Yes, Chris Farley's brother. Yeah, yeah, he's in it. But but uh, he's in a totally different movie than the rest of us. <laughs> he's because he was he was being he was he was being uh, John Farley. And this is a we're a, we're CIA agents, and he was my nerd computer specialist. But the he went all the way out on his character, and it it didn't really fit in to. But I was kind of surprised because I mean he was really funny. I didn't know Chris. I I, I I've had his other brother um, Kevin on the yeah. podcast. I didn't know John was a brother too. Or yeah, yeah he's taller. Yeah, he was in Benchwarmers. Uh, you were in that movie, Benchwarmers. Very, very short scene. But uh, Pepe, I want to. You, since were, such, you, were, you were at the end of the bench? Yeah, yeah I was under the bench. Uh, <laughs> since you're, I was a great football player. I was a, an in guard and tackle. You know that one, right? I sat at the end of the bench and, and I guarded, guarded the water bucket and tackled anybody that came near it. <laughs> Anyway, well, I was I was a tight end, but that's another story. Oh, stop it! Stop it! I haven't even started. No, I, since you're such good friends with Edward James Olmos, who uh, you know, I'm a big Sons of Anarchy fan, and they did a, uh, I guess you'd say, a spinoff show uh, called The Mayans. Uh, would it be a possibility, maybe, of seeing you appear in The Mayans? Uh, not yet. Nothing has come up. He's he's been looking for something. Oh, good, good. I mean, I, I could see you in that. Uh, yeah, we did thir thirteen projects together. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, and, and we played. We were in Mama Lucia, also called The Fortunate Pilgrim, where so where it was Mario Puzo's first book, and it was about his father and mother, his family, and Eddie played Mario Puzo's father. And Sophia Loren, the mother, and we and I was a Baptist preacher from the '30s, a, a Italian Baptist preacher that we shot in Yugoslavia in like '80, '86, '7, something like that. But yeah, we've had a great what, time, man. What about Caddyshack too? You know, I'm I'm such a fan of Caddyshack. Uh, yeah. Any, uh, any thoughts on that one, Mr. Well, I, my, my my friend that was in it, uh, Carlos Cervantes, had, had written a script of a, a Jewish uh, baker in East L.A. And so I, uh, Jackie Mason, I said, uh, hey, Jackie, I said, Carlos here, he was there on the set. I said, he's got a great script that you would be perfect for. He says, he says, if it's so good, and why hasn't anybody bought it? <laughs> but anyway, uh, I don't do a good Jackie Mason, but I always thought it'd be great to have a Mexican doing a Jackie Mason. When Mexican, Mexican Jackie Mason would be a good character. Yeah. What a, <laughs> when, did you see a million to Juan? Yes. Did you see my character? Or it's little, been a hot man. Yeah, I was, I was the Indian convenience store owner pretending to be an Indian, but he was a, what a little, the, in any language. But speaking Spanish, también, you know, he could speak Spanish and he was an Indian guy and it was so much fun. But yeah, but, but Paul, I haven't seen Paul 
too much. The new one they wanted to me, for me to do the podcast, but I hadn't hooked up with him is, uh, uh, oh, what happened here? Okay, there we go. Uh, uh, we're back, we're back. Barca, Fidel Esparza. Oh, Felipe Esparza, Felipe. yeah, he's great. No wonder I kept calling him Fidel. No wonder he didn't want me now. Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Fidel Esparza's podcast does as good. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and, and but when he did the uh, when he won the what was that the the comedy thing on TV? Yeah, last comic standing. Yeah, that was good. He was good then. Oh, he's, and he's, he's a very nice guy too. It's 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 uh what a and had you guys created anything for yourselves as buddies? Where do you guys come from that that you hooked up? doing the podcast well i used to live in los angeles and earl's a comedy store regular at the comedy store on sunset strip so um uh, i you know I, I we ran in the same circles we had mutual friends but earl was like to me out of all the comics like the most down-to-earth cool guy because you know hollywood can be really fake a lot of phonies a lot of users a lot of climbers and earl just he always made me laugh and that's how we kind of got connected and we have this obscure love for these films and these tv like actors like yourself and creators like yourself. And we're able to have these conversations that nobody else appreciates or likes. And then we're finding a whole new audience through that. Yeah. It's amazing. Huh? Yeah. How, what is your, how many people do you reach? Well, I mean, we, it's, we, we do a combo podcast. We do his podcast and mine. This is a series. So on my podcast, I've had, you know, legendary, we I had Paul Michael Glazer. I had Tom Wopat, Bowen, Luke Duke. I, all these iconic guys that I grew up with that I like, you know, they were a big part of my childhood and it, it's cool to reconnect or not reconnect or just connect in general with them and uh, get, get to know them and showcase them to this new technology. Cause you know, there's so much, so much content out there and it's a thrill for me to share like people like you to maybe an audience that are not familiar. And they probably like, Oh, I, I've seen that movie. I didn't know he was in that. I didn't know that was him. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. And now, you know, uh, down to to the lowest denominator, right? Is that now Hollywood has has come down to our level. You know, we're all in the same boat now. It's yep. not, but and you guys have your foot in there now. It's an even playing field now. Yeah, yeah, and and but my suggestion would be that that it would be like for you guys to create to create something like. Not like Lou Evan and Lucas Stillo or, or Laurel and Hardy, or but now, you know, just just something. Whether it's it's totally different because it's you are who you are, but it'd be interesting to do to do different characters because you look, you know, it's just putting on a different hat and you're a different person, and that's why, yeah, hair, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, we, maybe we could call it Crockett and Tubbs. Yeah, no rocket in tubs. <laughs> there rocket you go. Rocket or because I'm I'm loyal I'm loyal to you. I'll call it Guzman in tubs. That's your character in Miami Vice. Uh, Even though you did kill Tex Cobb, or actually it was Joe Hess the, who karate kicked him. Uh, so. Did you know? Did you ever follow? Did you ever know who Cleveland Williams was? Oh, of course. Yeah. So you're a boxing fan. Uh, Y'all, I'm a heavyweight, uh, you know, I'm, like I said, 52. So like when I tell people uh, with the, 
you know, the heavyweight era that I grew up in, you know, was uh, obviously Ali and Foreman. And, but uh, like, I like the second tier guys like Ron Lyle, uh, Ernie Shavers, Jerry, Jerry Quarry. Yeah. Jerry Quarry. I mean, obviously Tex Cobb. Uh, yeah. I think people kind of forget how good he was because he was funny and he became a movie, yeah. star, not star, but you know, you know, he was a pretty good boxer for his time. Did you know who Bobby Chacon was? Oh my God. Legendary. Well, I was one of the few guys that ever knocked him out. Whoa! You knocked out Bobby Chacon? Jeez. Yep. On Beretta. <laughs> hey, on, a knockout to knockout. Yeah, it, depends, it doesn't it, matter what show you're on. No, it was, it was, I fought him for two days and it was, it was like, I was 34, it was like 16 years since I had been in the ring and I hadn't trained or anything, but I've always been very physical and always in my jungles, you know, planting and stuff. So, I, I was in the ring with him for two days. I said, I did pretty damn good with him, you know, for, I said, I was out weighing 30 pounds. Then I went to see him fight that week. I said, you idiot, you know, I couldn't have hit him with a baseball bat if he had, if I tied him, man, he was so incredible. Wow. When but you went was, to hit him, did you say, don't go to bed with a price on your head and knock yeah. him out? No, right. no. He kept saying, hit me, hit me. I said, no, I don't want to hit him in the face. You know, if I got lucky and cut him, shit, I couldn't have even come close to his face. But anyway, but it was it was fun to you can imagine fighting a, a world champion in there, you know, just like two days in the ring with him it was uh, memorable. Well, that was such a great era of boxing, you know, the 60s and 70s and, and yeah, and Mondo that I used, uh, I alluded to in American Me, Mando Ramos was great welterweight, and Mantequilla Napolis was a great fighter. He he died. Salvador Sanchez was an also a great fighter that died from a car wreck. In a car wreck. But no, but but my thing is is with you guys. Uh, I want you to see this. This this will inspire you. There's a movie called The Planters. Two girls, they're 30-ish. They wrote, produced, directed, and star in it. And they're the only two on the crew. Hmm. And me and another guy, Phil, uh, oh God, oh man. There's two planters on IMDb. It's 2019 and 2020. Well, it's probably the same one. Oh, okay. You see, it's, Two girls, and it's and we won, we won uh, the festival, the Rain Dance in, in London last like October. We were in, in London, in Austin, in Nashville, won a bunch of awards. It's really good, and one of them, like I say, they were to the manner born. One of them, uh, Alexander Kotchev, is Ted Kotchev directed uh, Rambo and a bunch of those movies. Oh yeah, and then uh, oh, Meet Me Leader, yeah. Meet Me Leader. The producer director, do you know her? Uh, I know Ted Kotchev. Yeah, well, well, uh, Alexandra uh, and and uh, Hannah Ledger. Hannah Ledger, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking Leader. at uh, Hannah, yeah. Leader? Hannah Leader, yes, yes, yeah. Uh, her mom is, is, but I say, yeah, they were to the manor born, but they've been doing movies since they were 12 little shorts and stuff but it's it's incredible they were the only two i wasn't even allowed to 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 move a chair 
they wow. they did the whole thing man it's it was and to win all those awards so it can be done i mean with the technology and and you played hey zeus yeah yeah this yeah. is uh awkward casting and what's phil you see phil phil what is phil's name last name um uh, ma, ma, it is richard cox no no oh no uh, oh his, his his acting name yeah it's uh i don't know how to pronounce it paralousy paralousy paralysi 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 yeah it's uh but man he is so good and this great great you know italian new york italian guy you, you you're gonna really like this movie is they're like it, it's it's uh it's good you can watch it on and rent it on amazon prime right now for 3.99 yeah yeah i'm gonna do that tonight i'm gonna watch it tonight yeah yeah and then and then check out uh uh going rogue when you get a chance i mean it's it's not it was a fun film to do and it was the first time they wrote a movie for me in the lead and uh but it got too many hands in the the cookie jar the cookie jar yeah it was uh earl we should write a little uh short and have pepe in it and uh you can relive any scene you want i don't yeah. know what his cost is though that's what my friend did he put a bunch he added my name is reno and it so he was and and anyway but but you guys you get to think of of something i want to i want to write a a screenplay about that arm you have from scarface yeah well <laughs> well i i went up that uh uh oh god it was a new mexico yeah, robert redford directed it uh beanfield the bean the beanfield oh yes and and uh and one of the guys had an arm so i took in my arm when i auditioned for it you know but he didn't i heard he that he and paul newman like to do uh a lot of joking together, you know, but he he didn't think it was so funny. Enough to give me a job. He didn't find it funny. <laughs> but but no, but because you you got to create, you know, just start, just start, you know, just thinking of some kind of stuff that you could do it as even different. You could do like a a two anything you want, but just for me, do two two guys that are doing it. And then give yourself three, four, five, six different characters, and that you're interacting with and putting in into scenes. And you know, I, I love your inspiration. You're very inspirational. Come, yeah, you're like a Hispanic Tony Robbins. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, only better. Um, I, I, we can see eye, eye to eye. <laughs> Pepe Robbins. Yeah. But uh, it's um, and What's it's, what but, the Pachuco in a zoot suit. I'm always in in the zoot suit. It's is uh, I am a Ruco Chuco Cholo Pachuco, the oldest and youngest living suit suit Pachuco on the planet. Homie, homie, don't you? <laughs> Como no, claro que sí. Of course you do. You are me, and Papi and Mommy make three. And what about my sister, Mister? Did you think I wasn't gonna list her? I'm a brother. See my sister, north, south, east, west, the four corners. I've seen it all, and I've yet to see anything at all. Right is wrong, wrong is right, black and white, day and night, 
It takes too long. Ain't no time at all. Sweet and sour, yin and yang, alpha, omega, positive, negative. Hey, accentuate the positive. Eliminate the negative. I've been there, done that. Whatever you see, I painted the picture. Whatever you say, shut up. I already heard it. Whatever you read, I wrote it. I fought in every war that was ever fought. I won some and I lost some, but I never lost face because that's a disgrace. And that ruco, chuco, chulo, pachuco doesn't live in that place. I'd rather spend my time in outer space. Oh yeah, I spend my time in a small space. The cage, the cubicle, the lockdown, stupid pigs. I was run down, found and shut down, busted. Said I pulled the trigger, sent my young butt up the river to the penitentiary, the pen, the jail, the joint, la pinta, la cárcel, el bote, porque me gustaba el borlote, the big house, the huscao. You give it the name, I'll take the blame. I'll lay it flat on the line. Forget about the rhyme. I committed the crime. Now I have to be man enough to do the hard time. Now, forget about the crime, man. You guys got to create your own shit and do it and do and do it, man. Just a thought. And because <laughs> Hollywood don't know what you can do, man. I can just see it in, in you guys. Oh, well, I, I do appreciate that. I, I mean, that's very cool. And uh, it, it was such an honor to talk to you. Or, I mean, Earl, like, what do you got to say before we uh, we get out of here? Like, anything else? I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I, I don't do comedy or podcasting for the money or the fame. Or I do it to meet people like you, Mr. Serna, because I, I really look up to you. And uh, I'm going to drive up to, I guess it's down to Rancho Mirage, because I want my Vice Squad poster signed by you. All right, man. Yeah, it's... it's uh... And I'll buy some artwork too. I'll make it worth your while. I'll be in and out of your house within five minutes. <laughs> what else do you guys do besides this, or is this what you do? Uh, this is it. There ain't no plan B, Pepe. <laughs> wow, man. So, uh, man, those those rents. I sold my apartments in L.A. It was a big mistake, but I don't look at it that way because. Uh, my first house I bought in Eagle Rock, man, an old Mexican, a Spanish revival, 57500 It just sold last year for a million five, but I sold it a long time ago. Oh, well, <laughs> the way the thing, the pandemic is, man, we really, <laughs> we, I mean, you, you got to make your money, man. Um, this, <laughs> this is oh, well, hey, I'll, hey, you got a baggie? No. no. <laughs> I had I had a great scene in the in my improv days. Is I was selling uh, baggies. I was selling baggies from from, from Arrowhead, fifteen dollars for clean air. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, so you're not so no one can find you on social media, right? Well, uh, let me see. And uh, that I don't have the website up, but. They can uh, Google me and shit. Right. Well, it's been an honor, and I thank uh, you. Can I ask one favor, Pepe? Yeah. I, I'm such a Miami Vice fan. I I just want to do one line with you. Okay. I just want you to say wrong answer, because that's the line you did right before you <laughs> killed Tex Cobb. So, Chad, I want you to say... Uh, Action, you know, sound, speed, all that stuff. I'll say my line, and then you just say wrong answer. Okay. All right. All right. Sound, speed, action. If you want Bobby Sykes, you're just going to have to kill me. Wrong answer. I quit. My, Cut. I'm <laughs>
My life is complete. <laughs> Wrong answer, Holmes. <laughs> oh, shit. That's a line from American Me. You're throwing the Holmes. I know. Throwing the essays and, uh, and, and, oh, the other one, the other uh, Miami that I did was uh, Sabado, where I played Sabado and I was in a big boat. I had a big tanker and we were eating, we we're eating lobsters, man, out there. And anyway, I forget the name of the title of the, of the, of the show, but I mean, I love Florida. So how, how, did, how do you do it in Tampa? How many people can, can be at the, at the event? Full capacity, man. Florida, I swear, it's oh, its own. Yeah. We're we're doing our own thing yeah. down here. It's that's one of the reasons I moved here is just because it's you oh, know you the, live there. What's that? I, you live there. Yeah, I moved. Yeah, I moved here from Los Angeles. I'm originally from Cleveland, and so now you know I'm down here just so I can live life for the most part. And you know the way everything's going, I just thought it was a good place to go. Well, be careful, man, because there's a lot of. People without masks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you know. Yeah. But um, it, this is a pleasure, and, and maybe we can get you back on the podcast sometime. And thank you for your time. Yeah, you bet, man. Thank you, guys. Uh, no, the honor is all mine. In all seriousness, I know we joked around a lot the last two hours, but uh, thank thank you so much, man. It, it's nice someone of your stature in the business takes uh, out their time for two guys like me and Chad. Hey, man. We're all in it together. Like you said, you don't know who's watching. That's true. Oh, one more before we go. Have you ever worked with Jeremy Piven? No. Okay. Fair enough. That's all I good, wanted to good know. Good for you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, uh, but you know what? I, I'll leave you with this. Okay. If you haven't got something good to say about somebody, say something bad. I like that. Yeah, Jeremy Piven's an asshole. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. He probably used up all the toilet paper, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, bless him, man. Hey, what are you going to do when you're five foot four? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Pepe, the mean Pepe's coming out. Rose battle. Yeah, man, I'm, uh, I, like, I like to be mean with a smile. You know what I mean? Os Osvaldo Guzman in the house. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. This is fantastic. Thank you, Thank you so much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was The Bad Guys Volume 3. Uh, please subscribe to Earl Skakel, Inappropriate Earl. Uh, leave a five-star review. He's not, he's not related to the Kennedys by any chance. No, no, that's a different. He's No, he no, actually no, is. I am. That's my aunt. My aunt is Ethel Pepe. Will that get me a free picture? Just no. kidding. I was thinking of your cousin that's uh, that didn't do what they said he did. Oh yeah, um, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about him when I come to Rancho Mirage, Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well, well, Bob Hope's widow—I mean, not Bob Hope—Red Skelton's widow lives uh, a few doors down from me. Okay. Well. Anyway, <laughs> that was my first impersonation, Crazy Guggenheim. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you remember Crazy Guggenheim from uh, from uh, Jackie Gleason show? Oh, I'm old enough to say yes, I do remember. I'm so old, Pepe. My cell phone is rotary. Oh man, I got.
got it. I got one before that. I'm older than that. I have. I still do smoke signals. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All right. All right, guys, All right Pepe. Please. You're the king. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Please leave a five-star <laughs> review. <laughs> Good night. Thanks for listening. It's the bad guys with Earl Skankle and Chad Zubak. He turns to me and he says, Why so serious? He comes at me with the knife. Why so serious? Sticks the blade in my mouth. Let's put a smile on that face. And... Why so serious?